Welcome to The Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to The Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Jay. Just Jay. Just Jay, which means that this is going to be primarily a hobby episode today. Yeah, very excited, very excited about this and uh seems like people so i mean you guys tell us out there but uh so far people have really liked the rotation um so that was exciting last week we did our our 101 which was which was really great i had a good time on that and uh uh yeah this week is hobby which is very exciting uh kyle and i are both um you know i know we've been doing this the the podcast more about the you know competitive scene but we're both super hobby enthusiasts so it's really nice to 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 be able to talk about this yeah for sure i have been painting miniature since i was 12 Mm. for second edition 40k that was the first miniatures game that i got into and i had i had no idea of (laughs) any of what this world entailed or the gateway drug that it would be yeah 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 but of course 12 year old me was like you know, oh, Space Marines, that's so cool. I ended up playing <laughs> Tyranids when I was 12. Uh, but yeah, my hobby journey has has been a long one. Yeah. Um, so, but I've been painting miniatures for 25 years. So do you feel uh, like uh, you and I have been doing it about the same amount of time? Uh, maybe maybe you're a little bit longer, but, but like, do you find that there's things like you've been doing it for so long that you forget things? And then like one day you're painting and you're like, oh, yeah. I did this on this model like like 12 years ago like I just like it just like pops in your head again and you're like oh my god yeah that's that's right I forgot all about that (laughs) yeah and actually we can relate this to our topic today too because this is a this is a basing thing but yeah there are some things where I'll like forget a technique or forget a part of a process and why I do something a certain way if I haven't done it a while and then I'll go back and I'll make the same mistake again I'll be like oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's that's why and you're still constantly learning things too like 25 years of painting and it's only been within the last really four to five years that i've actually started using an airbrush for example same um, yeah so it's you know you're always learning new stuff yeah you actually like i've always wanted an airbrush and it's something i've always thought about but really it was you that encouraged me uh to really get into it and um yeah i i mean it's funny because um you know, it's, it's, it's just like an added tool to my arsenal. Like in my head, I think when I was thinking about the airbrush and hearing people talk about, I'm like, well, I don't want to paint with only airbrush. Like for whatever reason, that's what was in my head was like, oh, I'm only going to paint with airbrush from now on. That makes no sense. But, but, you know, it's just this added tool to help you um, do different things. Right. And it's just a really nice addition to my arsenal. And I'm so very happy that I invested in it and, and got like a little spray booth. I know that was something that people were asking in our discord that we could talk about briefly today, but how we, sure. how we keep our, uh, spray booth and, and how that all works. In yeah. Mine's, mine's super, uh, it's, it's a very rudimentary setup. Let's, let's put it that way, yeah. but yeah, it doesn't have to be that that crazy for an airbrush yeah yeah yeah. yeah, we can talk about that uh how about first before we dive into that let's do some housekeeping housekeeping 
Yeah. So uh, let's talk Patreon. You know, I know we, we mention this every month and I, I'm so appreciative of everyone that supports us on the Patreon. And, you know, the reason we bring this up is because it does absolutely help. Um, you know, we offer all our content free uh, to you guys. So so the blog, uh, our three Legion podcasts, us, Legion 99 and the Fifth Trooper podcast. So all that is free to you. Uh, it is not free to us as we have, you know, hosting charges and software that I have to have to edit this and to do all those cool intros and outros that I've been doing. Um, and, and, you know, and we like to pay the staff as well. So, so that they feel like um, that they're connected, you know, and, and cause I think doing this for the love of it is what we're all doing, but it's also nice to, you know, to have a few shekels in your pocket as well yep. so that you have, you know, I think it's mostly for our like wives and girlfriends and boyfriends and all that where, and, and husbands where it's, it's like, well, I mean, I did get kind of get paid for it. So it's kind of my job too, you yeah. know? So I think that's a helpful thing. So, you know, if, if you want to help our staff not get divorced or separated from their significant others, sign up for a Patreon. Um, I, I'm very genuinely, we appreciate anything that you can do and help. Um, even if you do the dollar a month, like that, that's $12 closer to, to something we could be doing for the staff or paying for our hosting or like, you know, Kyle needs a new mic, like things yeah. like that. That's, yeah. that's what the Patreon goes to. So you're really just supporting the content. In addition, we send you some cool stuff and we also have an after dark podcast, um, I've been thinking a lot about other things that I want to offer, like content wise on Patreon. So, um, you know, I'm going to start doing that soon and make some changes. But but, you know, really just come support us. It just helps us um, get everything that we need to make this work. And so so please, thank you. Go to patreon.com slash the fifth trooper. And, and, you know, if you could just do a dollar a month, that would be amazing. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, other housekeeping other than that. Um, check out the blog. If you don't know, we have a blog, the fifth trooper.com. Um, we also have two other Legion podcasts. We have Legion 99 and the fifth trooper, and we have several other podcasts, uh, going on right now as well. So if you check out our YouTube channel, uh, or, or take a look on wherever pod, wherever you get your podcasts, um, all our podcasts are available there and, and, uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be really great if you guys just like, uh, supported the rest of our content too. That'd be awesome. So, yeah, that's it. All right. Well, before we get into our main hobby talk, how about we start with some news? Welcome to In the News. So there were a couple of pretty big tournaments this weekend. Yeah. Kind of the first like major tournaments using the new points. Mm -hmm. There was... Uh, the Indy Open in Indianapolis, which um, I want to say had about, you know what, I'm going to look this up because if Please. I misquote the number of players, uh, I will be sad. So, yeah. so will the people who ran it, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Um, the Indy Open had 47, sorry, 49 players. Wow. So that's, that's a really good turnout. That's, that's a very good turnout. Um, and the Atlantic City Open in, of course, Atlantic City, New Jersey, which unfortunately I could not go to this year, even though it's fairly close to me. My daughter had a dance recital on Saturday, so oh, nice. um, can't miss that. There's no. only one of those a year. 
Yeah. But uh, that one had 32 players. So, um, yeah, two pretty good sized tournaments with the new points. Uh, those both happened this weekend and they were both super interesting with respect to stuff that succeeded. Some old, some new, uh, some expected, some unexpected. Um, we will talk in more detail about both of those next week on our non-hobby episode. Yeah. Um, and then also almost certainly in some blog articles. Uh, but just briefly, the Indie Open was won by Brian Bear. Yeah. So uh, old Mister FD Cannons himself. Yeah, tri triple triple FD, put yeah. him on the map. Uh, but of course, Brian is a is a very good, consistent player. Yeah. So um, a often rebel player, and in fact, that's what he played at this tournament. This is the first tournament won by rebels uh, in recent memory. <laughs> yeah, in a while. I was gonna say I, yeah. I can't even think of one. Yeah, uh, it was a mandalus. So I'll say that much. We can get into more detail nice. next week. But yeah. it was a Mandalorian list. Um, and then the Atlantic City Open was won by our very own Austin Miller. Yeah, boy. So uh, and he was running Cad Bane Ventress. Yep. Which was a list that people had been kind of banding about as something that was interesting even before the points update. Uh, some of the predators of that list got some points increases and or nerfs. Um, and I think it's pretty good. So yeah. Uh, yeah and and if you know if you don't know austin's on the fifth trooper podcast and he writes for our blog so yep. so congratulations to him it's always nice to to have a team win that's for sure yep so uh all right so congrats to austin and brian we will talk more about those next week when we're not talking hobby but... yeah all right should we get into hobby get out your brush and paint it's hobby time So today we're going to talk primarily about basing, but before we get to that, because I think it'll be relatively quick and some folks on our Discord had questions about it, how about we talk about the setup for Airbrush? Yeah, um, so it's interesting. Um, mine is, I, I don't I wouldn't say sophisticated, but I basically, what I did was I, I you know, I went to Amazon and I just bought, uh, they had a travel Airbrush booth that actually has lighting in it and it has a oh, fil wow. filter in the back. It wasn't that much money. It was like 70 or 80 bucks. Like it okay. wasn't like, you know what I mean? It, uh -huh. it, it, compared to like some of the models we buy, like it's about the same, right. you know, yeah. the same price. That's, um, that's, that's not much more than a box of dark troopers. Right yeah. There. Right. And yeah. so, so, um, so I got that. Um, I had an, air, I had an old air compressor from uh, my wife used to do like, um, cake airbrushing or whatever like that was a hobby mm -hmm. she was trying for a while and she it, it didn't work out uh and and so i had an air i had a compressor from that and then i got a badger um and so like that's that's my setup um i don't know okay so listen i'm not gonna give you any health advice uh i have <laughs> the filter set up and it has a vacuum in it that sucks all that but i don't wear a mask or anything um, so I know some people do, I've seen some YouTube, uh, 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 creators wear masks while they're spraying, but also they didn't have a vent around. So maybe that was why, um, well, so there's a, there's a couple of reasons for that. Yeah. Um, and again, I am not an expert. Please do not take yeah, advice yeah, from yeah, me. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is my understanding from just studying airbrushing and taking an airbrushing class. 
it the short version it depends on what kind of paint you're using um supposedly acrylic paint is not toxic yeah so if you're just painting with acrylic paint which is going to be most of you know the citadel stuff most of the army painter and all the, like most of the major brands of miniatures paint are just normal good old-fashioned acrylic paint and if that's what you're using um you know you don't want to like be constantly breathing in the fumes but yep. uh it's it's not like specifically toxic right so, um i think that generally on youtube when people are wearing masks and stuff either they have generally poor ventilation or they're painting with oils or something like that yep um so that's just that's that's my extremely non-expert advice on <laughs> that topic um but yeah uh my setup is <laughs> much simpler <laughs> i i have uh it's actually the old box for the lego death star which uh i chose not for thematic reasons but purely because it was enormous it's just a big cardboard box yep i cut off uh one side of it and flipped it down so that it's you know it's like three sides yeah really actually four sides of cardboard and then the flip down portion is kind of like the surface that i put all my stuff on um and that's kind of an area that like contains the paint and then i have it's literally just a box fan next to it that blows air out my garage uh this is the setup is in my garage so it's already a situation where you know the ventilation is going to be marginally better right. than uh being inside so i'll i'll open my garage door sometimes all the way sometimes i'll just crack it i'll put that box fan next to my setup blowing out the garage and then i've got the death star thing to kind of contain the overspray so that i'm not like painting my garage floor but yeah i mean for you it's like you're in a climate that is generally warm for a good chunk yep. of the year you know i've got six to eight months of miserable weather so, yeah. <laughs> so like, i have to be in an indoor yep spot. that makes sense um, that yeah. I will say this though, uh, just so none of you get any funny ideas, um, that this setup that I have or that or that Kyle has, uh, yeah, that is not built for spray paint indoors. Do not nope. spray paint. One hundred percent. Do not spray paint inside. Like, um, please. Do not spray paint in a poorly vented garage. Yeah. Spray um, paint outside. Yeah. Also, spray paint is flammable. So uh, <laughs> yeah. anything that is not built to reduce flammable materials through ventilation you shouldn't use for flammable materials so that's specifically like my ventilation that i bought off of ebay is very much or uh, amazon is very much for uh things that aren't flammable like acrylic paints not <laughs> so well and specifically um you know the way an airbrush works is it's literally just like basically dripping paint into a tube and then the, the air is pushing that paint right. out the front of the brush so there's there's no airs like right additional aerosol components like there is in a can of spray paint yeah, yeah. it's literally just paint and air um so uh yeah very different animal than a can of spray paint none of this applies to spray paint <laughs> yeah, yeah. so um all right well that was a short airbrush setup i'm sure we can do a more detailed video on airbrushing which yeah is, i'm whole, trying to think uh, of some of the thing, other, yeah but... some of the other questions real quick were like where to put your compressor and so so like mine i got a really long cable for it i think it's probably like five or six foot long cable mm -hmm. yeah. um and i just set mine on the floor yep off to the side um as far as noise like i i'm out in in 
you know, I have an, an office that's detached from the house. So I don't really have to worry about that. Um, but the ventilation and the air compressor both make noise. So it's just kind of something that comes with the territory. I know that they have like quieter air compressors I've, I've heard, but I've also not heard entirely great things about those so i think the noise is just part of the deal so you're gonna you it know is. be prepared for that so yeah and mine's in my garage so it's noisy yeah. but it's only noisy when you're in the garage right so, right right um i've done it lots of times when my kids were sleeping and it's not been an issue yeah so. yeah um yeah, I think yeah those are the big ones yep all right uh should we do you want to so another topic briefly yeah that people brought up was glazing do you want to hit that one before we do basing yeah we can so, just talk about what they are basically. yeah yeah so there's a couple different versions of glazing um kyle you can talk about the luke that you showed me and, and kind yeah of talk so about that. the first time i used the glaze it was a very early um i don't know if you can see this this is probably not because i'm sharing the screen too but oh yeah, yeah there, well, there you go you can kind of see it yeah yeah it's out of focus. This is Commander Luke, one of the first Legion miniatures I painted. I attempted to do to do OSL with a glaze. And basically a glaze, at least in the in the way that I used it here. Um, it's just like uh, a super thin pigment with a lot of medium, basically. Um, so it goes on uh, extremely thin, basically. And that's by design, because um, if you're using a glaze, you're using it to get something like an OSL effect or like a much more subtle gradient than you would get just using like a straight, you know, paint from a pot or even watered down paint from a pot. Um, so at least with with this Commander Luke, um, I actually based this this whole concept off a uh, Sarasper video that I saw painting Commander Luke where he where he used the glaze and mm -hmm. I did a much worse job than he did. But the short version is at least with OSL, even if you're not using a glaze. So what OSL is? OSL, sorry. Yes, this is Hobby 101. Yeah, 101, yeah. Uh, OSL is object source lighting. Yeah. Which means that um, you try and make it so that the source of some kind of light in Star Wars, the most often use case for this is a lightsaber. Yep. Um, but it can be other things like like flames. Uh, yep. Um I've seen a lot of people do this with like the Mando jetpacks and stuff, and mm -hmm. they have flames out of them. Uh, but um, essentially, like any situation where you have a light source, you try and make it so that light source looks like it's being projected onto the model from the direction of the light source. It's really easy to mess up. Uh, I actually, uh, I recall showing, I don't have her in front of me, but my Ventress, um, I definitely like, I did like one too many finger touches on the yeah. on the spray. And it went from like looking really good to just like blasted in the face with red and just half her face is now red. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's really easy to overdo OSL. So it's definitely not something that you should attempt if you're like a first time painter. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you can do it with a glaze. Uh, I uh, um, basically like highlighted on the actual colors underneath towards a brighter version of that color. So in this case, Luke is you know his clothes are just like brown or tan um i did like lighter tans towards the lightsaber um so normally with like a miniature they call it uh, i guess we could talk about lighting too but they call it uh zenithal mm -hmm. highlighting where you try and make it so that like the source of the light is coming 
from the top of the model and the stuff on top is going to be lighter than the stuff on bottom and it yep. creates like this illusion of light source um if you're doing osl then you want the direction of the light source to be from whatever it is that you're doing the osl in this case the lightsaber which also happens to be on top of the model so that's easy enough but so you do that with the highlighting and then you just in extremely light layers repeatedly apply the glaze yeah over that part of the model and that's it and you get to like this in this case again you probably can't see it but it should be um a very subtle blue yeah. effect with the light well and you can see it on my on the shared screen on my uh snow trooper to the left yep um with the flame but yeah i mean so so kyle did mention a medium you can use water so you can use just acrylic paint and water and water yep. down the acrylic paint you basically are looking for something a little bit thicker than a wash right because yep. A wash will, you know, if it's too thin, it'll be a wash and it'll just go into the recesses. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but you want it just thick enough so it stays where it is, but it's not over pigmenting or over coloring the area that you're on. Um, yeah, the all the paint companies put out mediums, which is yep. a, which is kind of a paint thinner. Um, yeah, it's, it's literally called medium. This one is, yeah. uh, I don't know if you can see this, but this is the settled one. It's lay me and medium. Yep. Um, and, so, or, you know, you can use that. I think Citadel does well with the medium. Um, I found that, like, I use a lot of Monument Hobby now. Mm -hmm. uh, they do well with water. I, so I just I just use water, and I just water it down. Yep. Um, so OSL is one reason. I'm going to show you guys another, another uh, way. Let me just refocus the camera here. Um, how's that looking, Kyle? That looking all right? Looks pretty good. Yeah, I see, I see the bottom half of Ventress. Yeah. Shatterpoint Ventress. It looks yeah. Like. yeah. Um, I love these models. They look They're so good. Fantastic. Yeah. So um, basically I'm using OSL on this to lighten up the highlights on her dress. So, so you can see all the highlights along the ridges. That's actually uh, OSL and, and, or not OSL, I'm sorry. Glaze. glaze. And yep. so what I'm doing is um, basically you can use a glaze to mix uh, or to slowly move from one either pigment or, or shade to another. So I'm using this to go from like a purple, like a darker purple up to a like light pink. And basically what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to do OSL on this model as well because she has two lightsabers. So in all these light areas, especially as I get higher up because she has one uh one lightsaber that's right above she's pointing straight out and the, the other one is uh here i can turn around the other one's behind her so as i lighten these up i'll actually then uh go over with a red glaze to then give it an osl on top of it um this is a long lengthy process but as you can tell like what it what it does for me and what i end up always doing sometimes and i've been really working on this as a hobbyist is i'll go too light like I've I've I'll jump from like this purple to like a white all of a sudden right and it just doesn't make any sense and and so what I've been trying to do is just mix my paints better and then do glaze levels of glazing and sometimes it may not be as thin as like an OSL glazing it'll be a little bit thicker but it just helps me get kind of that like nice transition between the two shades um you can do this between two different colors like a blue to a green you can do this with shades of the same color um and actually you know i i'm mixing my own purple here and then um i'm actually going pink along for the light tones but then glazing over with a purple to bring it to more of a light uh color so it, it's going to be a a process um and when you see it 
ideally you're not noticing it as hard as you would like a really bright you know i don't i don't want really bright like uh lines on her um yep. for for her dress so yeah awesome yeah i have not thought of using glaze that way but it definitely seems like it would lend itself to that sort of technique yeah i mean listen it definitely creates more time but yep. um i've just made a decision and, and 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 we I wanted to talk we were talking about this before we hit record with Ewoks of course because I'm obsessed. Yeah. Uh, but you know that's my plan with Ewoks too is is I'm really just going to take my time, um and really focus on them and like I really want to bring up my painting level on my minis, um and you're gonna see some here and you go like Jay what are you talking about these are really good but I want to take them to that like next level like the 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 I want to go above and like start going like award-winning paint levels is that's my goal anyways in hobby so so yeah awesome yeah um i tend to focus on painting specifically with the tournament templates in mind um which helps motivate me but yeah. i always try and make it so that that standard is you know not something that is necessary like necessarily going to win a painting competition but you know that you can put in in the in the mix for like uh you know at a tournament best painted something yeah. and have a shot at you know getting like second or third or yeah something like that i've always been stuck uh doing the same thing right like rushing to get it done yeah. for for a tournament and i've just i've just made a decision um and really like doing mcp and shatterpoint has really pushed me into this it's like I just want to do really beautiful models. And so if I can't play Ewoks until November or something, because then that's just what it's going to be because I'm not going to, or, or I have to bring a half painted army. Fine. I'm just not yep. going to rush myself um, to, to be tournament ready or have a paint ready army um, because I, I don't want to, I want them to look good. And like my goal with the Ewoks is I'm planning on doing an entire display board for my whole army. I'm going to paint another ATST. So, um, I'm going to have my sixth or seventh ATST, uh, but with Chewbacca this time coming out the top, um, and I'm going to re I'm going to get a Han and a Leia and a Chewie, and I'm going to repaint them. Um, I'm going to have the same basing. I'm going to have the same paint style. I'm going to, everything's going to be the same because the problem, and I think a lot of us are like this, right. And you're going to see this in some of like what I show today on the screen. Um, of some of these were done earlier when I didn't know certain techniques and others were done later when I learned certain techniques, you know? And so, um, eat actually the ones all showing now, each were painting it, painted a different techniques. And so like, um, I'm just looking forward to having an entire army. That's all the same technique consistent, and, yeah. and, and consistent, like whatever the level may be, you know, my, my, my mental goal is to be great. Uh, but like, you know, whatever the level is going to be, I'm going to have consistency among my entire army. And then when I do go to like an LVO or if I if, you know, if I'm lucky enough to be able to play at Adepticon in some form, I'll have a beautiful army that I can put on a display tray that I can enter into a contest. And, um, you know, that's that's really my goal now, because, um, you know, and we've talked about this and like kind of being burnt out and stuff. And and I was. I think 
I'm trying to get back to the roots and that's the, the, the reflective in how we're doing scoundrels. Now I'm trying to get back to the roots of why I love this game and, and what makes me love mini games. Right. And, and God help me, but MCP and Shatterpoint has really helped me realize that like, just because the models are so beautiful and yep. there's only like 10 of them. And so, <laughs> yeah, it, it lets you, yeah. The, the fact that every model that you're taking is essentially like a showpiece. Yeah. Um, it really lets you focus. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a benefit of games like that. Um, and something that uh, clearly in a game like Legion, where you have potentially 30 models, you can spend that level of effort on all of them. And it sounds like you intend to do that with yeah. Ewoks. I used to do this for 40 K and it was, exhausting because yep. i played orcs uh yeah and, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know you might have to paint like a 120 yeah minis and it would take me years to get a an army that was like you know tournament ready basically yep. and then by the time i did that it'd be bad <laughs> um but uh you know legion is more manageable in that it's probably only 30 models even yeah. ewoks which is notionally a horde army you're talking about what like maybe 50 yeah um which yeah. is which is in the grand scheme of things for the level very of reasonable effort, it's very reasonable um so yeah i i think that's a great that's a great goal I, i'm gonna try right and i i i think i can't guarantee that my heroes will be at the same level as my core units yep. or vice versa but my goal is to try to get my core units as close to possible. And I've been working on some like techniques uh, here to kind of like streamline some of the like certain pieces so that I can just so because really. And I swear we're going to talk about bases, but really, <laughs> like if you think about it, th there's certain levels of the paint that aren't really the most important they're the like the base layers right so so you know i've been doing a lot of black uh priming everything black and then mm -hmm. doing the zenithal highlight from the top with the white with the airbrush that's how i'm doing my minis from now on it's yep it's by far like i've been holding off so long actually i used to do it reverse and i kind of still do this but like i don't know if it'll show on here but like with some of these droids um let's see if i can I what I do is I paint them, I fully paint them up, and then I'll hit them with like a dark gray from underneath. So I'm actually uh -huh. doing the reverse. I'm doing the the shadow from below. Yep. Uh, versus versus, you know, the highlight from above. Um, and so you know, I actually, I've, I actually do both. Yeah. That yeah. But it's yeah. That's a we can when we talk about airbrushing, we can talk about yep. that. But I don't know if you can see Padme. Um. But she's got both directions. Oh, yeah. Um that's good. The, yeah. She's painted almost entirely with an airbrush. All that white, oh like her God. yeah, her um whatever you call it, jumpsuit, that isn't one hundred percent airbrush. I didn't use a paintbrush on that at all. Wow. Um that's amazing. So uh it's I mean it's super easy to do, honestly, with an airbrush, but um we can save that for an airbrushing yeah. episode. But, but but that but that might be, you know as an example that might be something i do with the ewoks right like where right. I go, yep. okay this these like take one ewok from every unit of 
10 or whatever and say, okay, he's the gray and white one. All right. For, for each unit, that's that like race of, uh, of Ewok. And then, all right, this, these guys are going to be the brown and darker brown one. You know what I mean? And then just yep. hit them with like, with an airbrush to like get those primary colors on quick and, and then go in and do all the detail work and layer up from there. Yep. Um, so anyways but yeah and fur is really good about that we definitely needed to schedule a fur hobby episode sometime around the ewok release okay yeah i I, we could actually so if you guys want you know you tell us for those of you listening to the audio podcast we're showing things on video on youtube um but i could we could even live paint you know during a cast um so that you know kyle and i can talk about it and and show you different airbrushing is going to be a little bit harder uh i think i can work it out figure it out but yeah you know uh at least hand painting we can do that here yep for sure um, but yeah but uh yeah yeah there's a lot of fur techniques there's like there's a million different ways to paint fur most of them are yeah. pretty easy so, yeah i'm um, i'm doing it the hard way i'm gonna be straightforward <laughs> with you right now painting each individual hair follicle basically yeah, yeah. So um, I did this with uh, Beast for, uh-huh. for MCP. Mm-hmm. So I know he's far away, but I actually painted. Save it, Jay. Save it for the fur sorry, episode. Sorry, sorry. Okay, All I'm right. sorry. I'm just so, so excited. So, I know. I, I know that you're excited. Oh, man. Yeah. I love the hobby parts. This, is, this has been a long time coming. I agree. It's. I mean, we, not like we've never talked about hobby on this cast before. Yeah, but, but not like um, this. That's We've never dedicated an entire episode to it, yeah. I don't think. So. Not with purpose. Right. Yes. So yeah. All right. All right. We... Well, let's talk about bracing. Yeah. So before we talk about the specific methods, um, as you're doing the camera pan there, basing is definitely not a step that you should neglect. Uh it's super important. It's like it's the easiest thing to see from three feet away, which is the distance that most people are gonna be looking at your models at. Uh it helps a lot to establish like a cohesive look with your army there's a there's a thing called i think it's the cheerleader effect but basically that um stuff looks better when it's all consistent and together yep than it does like individually so even if each each of your individual models may not be you know like the best you can possibly do if you've got 10 of them together and they're all painted relatively consistently and they all have a consistent basing it will help exponentially increase how it looks on a table so Basing is super important. There's an old painting mantra called faces and bases, which means that if you focus on the faces and bases, your stuff will look good, even if the rest of it doesn't, because that's those are the things yep. that draw the eye the most. So, Well, I mean, if you guys, you know, like, here, let me turn this guy a little bit, but like, if you guys were to look, I mean, just look at the video, right? And you, what are the two things you look at? Their face and their base, right? Yep. Like, so yeah, it's absolutely true. All right, tell us tell us about all these different yeah basing techniques you have. Techniques, there, yeah. Jay. So, so I pulled out um just a bunch of like random kind of ideas of different things I've worked on over the years, and uh, I think what I what I wanted to say was there's kind of different ways of doing it depending on how comfortable you are with it. Right. And one of the cool things in this one, I've kind of picked up from uh, Dustin who used to work with us, Jagged Brush Studios was one of the things I always really liked about what he did with some of his models 
was actually do like a mix of snow, mud, and grass. And mm-hmm. and what I found with that was it like really created this dynamic basing that made it very interesting and like almost like real world livable, right? And so like, for instance, the one we're looking at now, let me see if I can get a little zoomy zoom on them. Yeah, there we go. Uh, the one we're looking at now is the generic commander for uh, for the Rebels. And basically what I did was I, I took a mud texture for the bottom. I think I actually created the mud texture myself out of uh, out of a coarse uh, medium and brown paint. How, and, how did you, how did you do that, Jay? Yeah. So actually, um, I'm gonna I guess I'll let's shoot. let's let's talk about textures because that's kind of like step one of yeah. almost any basing thing. So um, let me let me zoom it out here a little okay. bit. But I'll show you. So I uh, I don't know if you can see this, but let me. Yeah. So you can get this. It's two hundred like fifty milliliters of this stuff. It's li- Liquitex basic acrylics. It's in the painting section of the hobby store, um, and it's coarse texture medium. It goes on a little white, but mostly clear. Um, and then what I did was at the same hobby store in the same painting section, I just went and got basic acrylic uh, burnt umber brown. So this just this is like canvas painting paint Mm -hmm. um and so i just i pick that up i mix it myself um and then yeah and then you can see like on that guy's base that's that like brown dirt texture underneath yeah there's a lot of different ways to do that there's simple and cheap like you mentioned there is simple and not cheap like you're showing now which is a citadel texture technical paint uh sterling mud it's the one that you've got up on the screen there. That's yeah. actually, I think actually it's called Battlemire. Um, Sterling Battlemire is one of my favorite ones. Um, but Citadel sells these texture paints, and Citadel's not the only company. There are, no. um, you know, Army Painter does them. There's, there's quite a few other yep. miniatures painting companies that sell like their own contained uh, pre-mixed texture paints yep. that all you have to do is like slap it on your base. Um, and it'll it'll give you a great starting point for basing because after it dries, it'll dry as whatever that texture is. You know, yeah. for for Citadel, they've got one for stone, they have one for mud, they yeah. have one for dirt, they have one for sand, they have one for like red Mars yep. style dirt. They have like a one of the things that's great for texture paints is crackle bases. Oh yeah. So if you want to do like a cracked desert base, they actually have texture paints that will. And there's showing. there's there's one right there on the Magna Guard. Yeah. With the um the lava base there is and it, it's one of the easiest ways to get that look. It looks really cool. It looks like you put a lot of effort into it. It's literally just a texture paint. Obviously that it's painted. You know, after you put the texture paint on, you want to yeah. then paint the texture paint, whatever color um you want to do. I'm sure you painted that that brown mud texture paint a little yeah. bit. Um, even if you just give it like a dry brush of a slightly lighter color, like if you're doing mud and it goes on brown, yeah, do like a tannish so dry brush like, on top of it to bring out the texture a little bit. Yeah, like this one we're showing with the desert. So it's the what, old Storm Tide Commander. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, I think it was what is it the Armageddon dust? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then and then you just do it like a light high. You could you could do a wash. 
too to bring to bring out the the recesses make them a little bit darker and then do like a, a white highlight or like a lighter not white but like a skeleton bone highlight over the top with a yep. dry brush it's that easy yeah and i've got uh for my republic miniatures i use um don't get distracted by the felucia style of grass but uh if you look at like the gray underneath um, that's just a texture paint that mm. I actually washed. I used a purple wash for Felucia reasons, but then I just dry brushed it with like a lighter gray over that, and it creates kind of like this purplish stone look. I don't know. It's probably hard to see on the thing, but um, like texture paint, if you just if you literally do nothing more than put it on and hit it with a wash and then a dry brush over that. Um, it can look really good. Yeah, and then like one of these. Uh, so so uh, what I've found and kind of circling back, yeah, textures or like multiple textures on one mm. base, yep. and that's kind of where it's going with like the snow, mud, and grass. But yep. one of the cool things that, uh, and I'm actually going over to it now. This is by um, we actually featured him in one of our magazines, Taciturn Taciturn Moose. Uh, that's what he likes. Taciturn. Taciturn moose. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he uh he actually used this technique where he took the premium bases, yep, he painted them, and then he put a texture on top of it. That's like really so, cool. yeah. Yeah. And so, like, so that I learned that from him, and uh I really like that. Like the other thing you can do is using combinations of textures and colors. So if you look at the snow trooper that's on the screen right now, basically I just painted his base like a light blue with some white streaking, like ice or something, and then I just put like snow texture on top of it. Um, you know, and just creating those multiple layers, that's what I found the most successful with with basing and and you know back to the magna guard so i painted the base red i then put that that texture that black texture on top of it it cracks um you know the thicker it is in spots the more it'll crack um and then like the places where you can actually see the red and the orange and I, that i kind of like left certain spots open on the base and then let it crack around and then what I did was I just took my fine brush, I came back through and then just painted the orange, yellows and white highlights to kind of bring up that lava. And then uh, I believe I did dry brush a little bit over the top on this one, too, to just bring up the highlights on that. Yeah, a little bit of dry brush goes a long way on, on top of those texture paints. And for those that I guess this is Hobby 101 that don't know what dry brushing is, you just take like an old... Um, big chunky brush that has spread apart bristles let me see if i have my dry brush here yeah here we go um too many paint brushes here we go uh it's it's just an old brush that um has like some nice reasonably stiff bristles kind of thick uh you you dip that in the paint do not thin it out with water or anything like that um take like a paper towel uh, brush it back and forth on a paper towel until you've got like a significant amount of the paint off the brush. Yep. I like to kind of brush it on my hand too, just to like see how much paint I still have left on the brush. After dry brushing, I get like these streaks on my palm. Um, yep. But and then you just go over the over the miniature, over the base, or or whatever it is. We we'll use an unpainted Mr. Callus here, and you just literally like like just kind of lightly like brush it over the whole thing yeah. and it'll it'll pick up the paint on just the raised yep. parts of the texture 
So yeah, I recommend uh, you want to go a little fast. You don't want to go slow because yep. then the the bristles will sink into some of those recesses. Yeah, you want to you want to do like this kind of thing for those that are yeah. watching on video. Just quick motions back and forth. Yeah, like that. Yep. Um, I thought this was interesting. I wanted to show this. This is a model that I did. Uh, there's a game from Cool Mini or Not called Massive Darkness that came mm -hmm. out. And I was painting some of those miniatures. And they, in the game, they have this really cool, like, um, game mat, you know, or cardboard that you use. And uh, so what I did was I actually hand-painted, uh, you guys could see this on the, on the uh, video, mm -hmm. uh, I actually hand-painted the base to look like stone oh, wow. so that's that's something you could also do too i actually painted those little skeletons and stuff on there that's all hand painted um it's a lot of work base. yeah it is but it's an interesting way to do it too you know yep. and then because i think one of the problems is right and this is something we can talk about now i guess is when do you base and put on the mini do you put the mini on first and base around it or do you base and then put the mini on top of it? So it depends. This is the short answer on yeah. what you're doing for your basing. Um, if your basing is relatively flat, uh, I think you could do the mini first. If you're basing, I mean, you want to think too about your biome and your environment too. Like if you're doing mud, then it's, for example, then it's going to make some sense that um, yes. you're your space dude, uh, space gal, whatever, is going to sink into the mud a little bit, right, as they're walking. So then it, it, in that case, it makes more sense to glue the miniature directly onto the base and then do the mud around the feet. Yep. Because it'll give this, you know, instead of them just randomly awkwardly standing, like, fully on top of the mud. Um, for other things that you might sink into, like sand or dirt, I think it makes sense to do that, too. And that's usually how I do it for those. If you're doing something like hard stone or cracked earth, um, then it probably makes more sense to do the base without the miniature on it first and then do the miniature and then glue it onto the base. So um, most of my basing schemes are either dirt or mud. So I tend to glue the miniature on first yep. and then do the base around the feet. Um, but obviously there's some basing techniques too, like if you're doing any sort of spraying for your basing technique, um, or any other sort of painting where you could potentially like mess up the miniature on top of the base by doing your basing scheme, <laughs> then clearly you want to do the base first and then glue the miniature on. But yeah, um, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, and I think you know there's a couple different ways of doing that. I know a lot of people, you know, especially if you have like one of these handles, like you like having the uh base on still so that you mm. know it has something to grip ways around that are like sticky tack sticky tack yeah uh you know what this is this is a really stupid way of doing it but i've done this where i've actually super glued it onto the base and then just kind of like broken it off yeah and then just broke it off right yep. uh using like a knife or something underneath mm -hmm. the foot and then cleaned it off and then redid the base like if i was in a pinch right uh, yeah, so so one of the things I, I did want to talk about today, too, was basing for vehicles and, and how it's a little bit different. Um, and so the two examples I'm showing now are the land speeder and the snail tank. And the difference between these, uh, what I like to think about is when they're a repulsor vehicle, 
um, I like putting things on the base to show that they're like flying over stuff. So like, for instance, with the land speeder, you see the there's like sticks and rocks and they're like zooming through a forest. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then with this snail tank, um, because he's a ground vehicle, I, you know, I'm basically just using like flat kind of like a little bit of grass, a little bit of like poofs here and there, and then just a, a regular uh, mud kind of texture underneath. Yeah, and uh, with vehicles especially, I feel like it's important to have a lot of like visual variety in kind of the colors and the textures on your base, just because there's so much space to cover. Yeah. And I think you've get, done a good job there where you know you're showing the snail tank there but you've you've got the, the the sandy desert as kind of your base but then you have that grassy flock there as like one thing but then you've also got those kind of brownish uh yeah. little grass chunks to break it up and that's really only like three separate things but um it helps a ton to just kind of visually break it up over that big wide area um yeah, and it really doesn't have to be that much. Like these, the darker tufts, I've only got two on this side. And yep. I think I got like one or two on the other side, right? But it's just enough to be, make it feel more real. And like, uh, real is a strong word, but you, you know what I mean? Just the. Real, yeah. Yeah. And um, you can get, so we talked about the texture paints. Mm -hmm. We talked about painting the texture paints. Kind of the next step for me whenever I do basing. And this is one of those things that I've I've evolved to make my my basing techniques have evolved over time in decreasing levels of difficulty and increasing amounts of um, hopefully how good they look. But my standard process now is to basically use that texture paint as a base and then just add some kind of either um, static grass or yep. flock or both. So yep. for those that don't know what those are, flock is uh, you can buy all kinds of different types of flocks some of it's cheap in giant containers some of it's less cheap in smaller containers but basically it's just something that you like sprinkle on um and you can you can sprinkle it on if you want directly on your texture paint while it's drying i prefer to like let the texture paint dry do the thing where i paint the texture paint do all that and then put a little bit of um glue like mm. literally elmer's glue on top of it and then sprinkle it on top of the elmer's glue uh, elmer's glue dries pretty clear so that generally makes it so that like the color of your flock isn't going to be yeah or or the texture of your flock isn't going to be messed up by the glue um and then uh static grass is basically um i wish i had one of them within arm's reach but another thing that you can buy from hobby stores you can buy it online from various retailers i think we actually still have some on our web store yep um and uh, essentially, it's like little bits of um, of sticky grass tufts that um, you should still glue them down, even though they're sticky on the bottom. Uh, you just do a little glob of glue, um, and you literally just like stick it onto your base, and it's like it's like a little tuft of grass. So you can see them super easily on your snail tank. The little brown yep. things are grass tufts. Uh, they come in all different colors. Of course, you have the normal green ones. Like here's my like on this B2, it's just green grass tufts on top of green flock, which is on top of the brown uh, texture paint. And it gets this grassy. There's a there's a rubble trooper with a grass tuft right there. Um, you can get all kinds of crazy colors. If you're looking for a Felucia look, um, you can see here on my Padme, yeah. you can't see the green because of how my green screen is picking it up. <laughs> but 
there's one here that's like pink and purple. There's another that's like orange and red. Um, you can get all kinds of different colors and it, they really help to add uh, like vertical depth to um, your base. So uh, and yeah. for a really minimal amount of effort. Yep. Yeah. And the, the it's pretty inexpensive too. grass tufts. Yep. So, all right. So the next thing you wanted to talk about, Kyle, what, what can you see very clearly on that snail tank? Firing arcs. Yep. So it is important when you're doing basing on vehicles in Legion to make sure that you can still see the firing arcs. I've seen a lot of people, especially early in the game, where, yeah. um, and, and actually, I'm including Some myself in this population, yeah. I messed up my ATRTs with the firing arcs to the point where actually, and there was a market for this, so a lot of people messed this up. I actually looked online for, it was like a, um, a laser cut thing that you would yeah. slot into the front notch and it had like, uh, like a firing arc that would stick out from the front. <laughs> Eventually, I went back and I fixed all my bases um, to not have to do that. But you need to make sure when you're doing your actual basing that you um, have it so that the firing arcs are yep. like imprinted into it's the simple. basing material. Yep. There's a couple ways you can do it. Um, if you're using a texture paint or you're making your own texture, you can actually use the edge of something hard, like a ruler to imprint the arc in the texture before it dries. Um, I don't know if that's what you did there, Jay. It kind of looks like that's kind of what you did. So um, I, I, my may be dumb in a little, okay. but basically what I do is I take the back of the X-Acto knife blade mm -hmm. and I just run it along the arcs and I okay. just, kinda, it's just yep. kind of like scrapes, it scrapes out and then I clean it up a little bit to make sure it looks all right. And then off I go. <laughs> yeah. I use the edge of a, um, thought i had one here it's it's actually uh gosh i don't have one um it's like a little metal tool that it's it's basically like a texture applicator tool but mm. and it's pointy and i do the same thing where the texture is drying i'll just run it i'll run it along the the um yeah the actual arc to preserve that line but you can use a ruler where you stick it in there um I always also just as like a hedge in case I somehow mess that up, I usually paint a line uh, on the edge of the base just while I'm painting the model. I'll end up painting yeah. over it later, but paint a line on the edge of the base where the arcs are supposed just, to be. Yep. Yep. Um, in case I mess up that line. I've while done I'm doing that before. That, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, once you put that texture on, it's going to be a lot harder to find, yeah. find yeah. where those indents are supposed to be. But yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple ways. Imprint a ruler in there. Use uh, some, the edge of something sharp to run it through. But basically, you want to do it while your your whatever it is that you're putting on your base is still drying. Yep. So. Yeah, I think the only other thing I wanted to talk about with basing, um, and you know, MCP. Uh, this is my this is my Luke Cage for MCP. Nice. Um. But one of the cool things that MCP does and 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 AMG's doing in general, I know we make fun of it a lot, but the tactical rock, yeah. right? But I think creating something cool underneath your mini, right, to kind of help sell, you know, what it is that they do, right? So this is mm -hmm. this is Luke Cage for anybody who's not familiar and he's super strong right and he can bend metal and in his you know he's bulletproof and all this stuff so they've got this great like steel uh 
garter underneath him that he's clearly like stepped on and bent in half right Mm -hmm. and so like i think in lieu of um you know amg's doing better at this and they're they're coming up with with better models but in the meantime you know having pieces like this as part of your base or around your model just kind of helping sell you know whatever it is that 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 miniature does or is known for is something that that can really help um as well um and you know like what i would recommend is some people i think go a little too far but like one piece like that helps right like and then the rest and then basically you know the rest of this though it's painted um i definitely didn't spend as much time on this base because the focus is really from the the steel the the, i guess it's not steel because it oxidizes but the 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 metal all the way up through luke right he's the focus so kind of keeping this base simple and straightforward and just the grays of the concrete um yeah that's that's kind of kind of what i'm doing speaking of do you want to talk about base rims real quick yeah love to so there's a couple there's really i think at least three common different ways to do base rims the first is to paint it some kind of unobtrusive color that's not the same as the basing material um usually like a black uh to highlight that basing material that's directly above it that's kind of where i've come around to you can see pretty much all my bases here's mr skywalker um and of course the colors are showing up badly because he's green osl and yeah that's not working with my green screen but <laughs> um you can see the black base over the the red or underneath the red basing material um here b2 is easier uh there you go um black base i like painting the base rims black um you can so that's option number one option number two is to paint the base rim whatever is consistent with your basing material above it and you've got that with your snow trooper with uh, kalani there with your rebel trooper uh, where it's kind of like if you were to go, you know, if you were to dig down below your basing layer, what color would whatever it is underneath be? So yep. that's going to be like brown for dirt, tan for sand, blue for that icy look, um, whatever that is. That's that's a great way to do it too. And then the, the third thing that I've seen, particularly with Legion, where squad markings are super important, is if, if people don't do squad markings like and on the actual model, they will just paint the base rims different colors yep. for different squads, which... Um, personally, I'm, I've never been a fan of how that looks visually, but it is extremely clear. <laughs> it's one of the clearest things you can do to differentiate your minis yep. from each other. Um, so for that, it's great. And I think it's a totally valid thing to do with your bases. So. Yeah. And I used to do that with all my, so my original army empire, Mm-hmm. Um, all my stormtroopers have like brightly colored, like my e webs. One's like this bright blue, the other one's a bright red, like just to keep track and make sure that every which one are you shooting, blue or red? You know, like it just to make sure I am slowly moving away from that and moving into squad markings on the actual squad itself. So, yep. like for instance, I have two, uh, I'm gonna put up two B2s here. So yep. I basically changed their basings, but also the the main color on their cowl or whatever. Mm-hmm. One's brown and one's blue to just separate them. 
Yeah, we could do a whole separate hobby 101 on squad markings. Yeah. But yeah, I do the same where I do it on the miniature. You can see this B2 here. I've got like white kind of lines on the underneath part of the cowl and then same thing on the back. Yep. And that's a different color for my different B2 units. So yeah, I think um it's gonna be really hard with the Ewoks. I'm gonna have to look at them and like figure out what yeah. <laughs> what fur color, I guess. Uh um what that's going to be but i don't know maybe you know feathers do they have like feathers and stuff on them i don't know maybe i'm going to make some uh you know but like i think maybe when i was talking about before like each one and each maybe maybe teams will be the same like race of ewok where maybe okay these are the brown and gray and white ones these are, are black and gray and white ones these are the brown and darker brown ones these are the lighter you know like and just keep them all kind of (laughs) that way but we'll see yeah, so there's there's it looks like looking at the miniatures, there's some options. They have like the their head wrap things. Um, you know, they have like bits of clothing and yeah. stuff on them that you can paint different colors. Um, obviously you could do fur colors, uh you could do like different colored rope. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of rope on these miniatures, but you know, I don't know. We'll see. I'm curious to see what what you and other Ewok players come up with for that. Yeah, so. I, you know, it's funny. Um, gosh, so ba- I may go back to my old goblin orc days where I would, I had, um, like, and they do this in Warhammer anyways, but like each kind of like have their own like sigil or whatever. So like mm. some of my gobos would, I, I actually hand painted like white handprints like on their mm-hmm. faces yeah. and stuff and like and then uh and then on like i had a giant that actually they all slapped like as he was going through the ranks and so he's got like <laughs> white paint all over his legs that's awesome and he had like a goblin riding him uh yeah. and so you know so but like yeah maybe i'll do something like that maybe they'll each have i'll have to look and see if there's anything canon for like sigils or something amongst the ewoks and like um but you're right they're all wearing hoods so i could make like one unit all like green one unit all mm. gray one unit all brown um but yeah yeah we'll see we'll see but i'm very excited about this whole ewok thing yeah i can tell yeah. one month basically right oh uh, dude yeah yeah it's they so- will i think i think they're releasing the friday before lone star open uh yep. so and there is no 11 day rule anymore. So technically I think they will be legal for that. I'll be very impressed if anyone brings <laughs> yeah. like an entire Ewok army, much less any significant number of them. But um, who knows? Sometimes people do that where they, you know, get the mini the day before do like a marathon 24 hour paint session or something. And well, and I guess the question would be too, if LSO is letting proxies, like, so, you know, as long as they have the cards, but they got like, you know proxies or something in there that'd be yeah i don't remember know what's that... proxy for an ewok but i don't know but you remember that one uh years and years ago that one, before wookies were out that one guy had an all wookie rebel army yeah mm-hmm. oh, oh man that was so good <laughs> yep yeah that was at lvo yeah yep um but yeah I'm, no i'm really i'm really excited um yeah ewoks are gonna be so much fun I'm going to make them fun, you know? Be the change, Jay. Yeah. Be the change you want to see. So excited. Um, yep. All right. Well, do you have any other final thoughts? 
no, I've been just mostly about Ewoks. <laughs> like I think Always. it was what was it Adepticon? Uh, they had a downed ATST, and like all the Ewoks were in front of it. Uh-huh. And I was thinking about maybe getting one and do putting it as like I'm gonna build like a full on like for your display board. Yeah, not it's not gonna be small. Like it's gonna be an, a pain in the ass to take anywhere. So like I'm gonna like anywhere I go, it'll I won't be able to fly to to bring it. So it'll probably have to be like Adepticon or like you know mm. what I mean. I probably won't be able to bring it to LVO, but like yeah, I'm bringing like a full on. Like it's probably going to be like a three by three table by the time I'm done or something, you know, because it's just how excited I am uh, about the whole thing. So, yeah, we could do a whole nother thing on display boards. Some of the this isn't as big of a thing for Legion. I've seen a couple. There are a couple yeah. people with display boards. They, I would say they tend to be the exception rather than the, than the rule. Something where they're super common is the GW games, particularly Age of Sigmar, Sigmar and 40k, and they're just. They're insane. I've seen some people where, like, you yeah. get like a Space Marine army and they build out like the entire interior hall of a ship, complete, complete with Gothic oh, architecture yeah. and LEDs, and or you know something where they've got like I saw one guy who had drop pods yeah. streaking from the sky and he had them mounted on like um, yeah. some kind of booms that were like attached to his cart that he had the display board on, and it, it, like I, I don't know, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I, very impressive the things that people do. Yeah, so. like Adepticon is a big show for that. Like I've seen, I saw a guy mm-hmm. have, he had like an entire like orc encampment, and then like, like that was his display board. Yeah, like, dude, that's so amazing. I mean, yep. that's basically, it's basically what I want to do for the Ewoks. It's just have there this really fun, um, well, display board for him. You know. Yeah, well, downed ATST would be a good place to start. Yeah, and uh, like one of my things is I think AMG has done a wonderful job with their paint jobs and like how they the, all the photos and like everything yeah. that they do, right? They my only critique and I I don't even it's not even criticism, it's just a critique is that like if you look at any of the pictures, like there's this one where it's this beautiful jungle board that they have, and they have a downed ATST that's got like vines and dirt and moss mm. on it. But then all the bases for the Ewoks are like this weird, like desert hybrid base. Yeah. And it was just like, well, what? Why? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, I'm actually, I'm currently, why, guys? Just, I went to look at the Ewok minis and I'm currently looking at like the article for the Ewok Warriors yeah. preview. And you're right. It's this great the the landscape that they're on is like this great jungle thing with all these plants and moss and it. Clearly, a lot of work went into this board, and then all the actual Ewok miniatures have desert bases. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which I mean, don't get me wrong, look great. Separately. The, these are incredibly well painted yes. miniatures that look amazing. But like, yeah. if you look at the photo, like, there's a couple of photos with like the the black backgrounds with the Ewoks. They look they look great. They look fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's just. Somewhere inside of me, I just got slightly disappointed when I see this beautiful like Endor like background and then the and then the bases just don't match it at all. And I'm just like, yeah. oh man, that's uh that that hurts my soul. So but yeah, I'm, I'm really <laughs> excited. Um, you know, and like I, I just yeah, it's gonna be great. But I'm excited to see what you do. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we're gonna be sharing it once a month, uh once every few episodes on on this podcast because uh yeah we're we're gonna be hobby episode is now in full rotation 
Yeah. For now, my my short term hobby goal is one miniature, and that is this bad boy right here, Asian Callus. Oh, so, um, isn't it so funny how one points change can change the world? Fifteen points is a lot, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> I was running him. I was running him when he was full points. You guys are just jumping on the bandwagon. No, Actually, I mean. You can you can testify to the fact because I bought him from our store that yep. I bought Callus the week before the points change came out uh, because I was making I was already making lists. I'm like, you know what? Here's an interesting way to solve the double yep. bounty command card tension, and that's Agent Callus. And then he got 15 points cheaper, but then Bubba Fett got 10 yep. points more, so it's kind of a wash. But I will say <laughs> real quick, list. I know we're going to talk about this more next week, most likely. Yep. But I just an offering out to people. We'll talk about this next week, but take a look at Callus Operative Vader. Just take a look at that. There is there is a three-turn swing where Vader will always have an order and you will always have priority for three turns. Callus <laughs> uh, is good for that. Yeah. And so so just I don't know. I know I know everyone's high on the Callus double bounty, but I think uh Callus uh, operative vader is is pretty nice as well so yeah anywho well i hope everyone enjoyed this i hope you guys liked the hobby talk and i hope it was helpful um you know if you join our uh patreon we have a uh, channel called podcast topics on our discord where we actually take your topics so yeah and you can suggest uh you know specifically what things you want us to talk about ask questions so and we will talk about them yeah, and so far, at least for the last two episodes, pretty much everything related to our main topics have been straight from that channel on the Discord. So. Yeah, whether directly or a very like so. So I know last week I mentioned some of our Discord uh, Patreon supporters because we used their exact question. This yep. week uh, we use kind of a combination of a bunch of people's questions, so the yeah, whole Patreon more, gets credit. Yeah, more of a muse than uh, yeah, like a specific question, but yeah. All right. Yeah, well, Ewoks. Woo, 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 woo. Ewoks. Actually, Callus. it also gives me an excuse to paint some more, like repaint some of my Rebel Troopers too. So I'm really excited go. about that. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta go back and do that at some point. My yeah. Rebel Troopers, I really mailed it in. Yep, Han, <laughs> Leia, some Rebel Troopers. No, yeah. yeah, I gotta redo them all, and this gave me a a, a great opportunity. So, yep. All right. Okay. Well, we are the notorious scoundrels of Kyle. I'm Jay. Stay fresh, cheese bags. This so so this is a DSLR camera, and okay. you have to get this special like webcam utility for it to even work, mm. and it doesn't always work for whatever reason. But once it's once it connects to it, it's good. It's just like for whatever. <laughs> All right. Anyways, we lost camera. We lost camera too. Um, but one of the things I did want to talk about too, which uh. You know what? I'm going to pause here, Kyle. Yeah, that makes sense.